Welcome to the Village Church Podcast. Thanks for stopping by and taking the time to listen. We've prayed that this podcast channel blesses and encourages the Village family. So lean in with an open heart, eager to grow and enjoy the episode. We're in James, the book of James. James chapter 3 verses 1 to 12 is what we're reading today. And it's, um, if, if I'm, time is ticking today and if I don't finish what I want to say, it's okay because it's part of a larger section and we're going to carry on thinking about these things next week. So um, it's okay. So the theme in this passage is a big one. It's talking about our words. It's talking about the words we use with one another, uh, our tongues, the things we say. And it must be important because uh, James has already brought this up and he's going to spend another another like two chapters on this very topic, the things we say, the things we use our tongues for. Um, Alison said to us last Sunday, well, I think Alison's here today, but she said, every Sunday I'm here, it's like the, the Bible's like speaking right to some situation in my life every single week. And, um, and that's, that was super encouraging to hear. Uh, but uh, for me personally this week, reading this, thinking about this, it's been like, yeah, this is for me, but, um, but it's also for you. It's also for you. Uh, everyone in the room is touched by this passage today because the target audience is anyone with a tongue, all right? So just check, just check, is there something inside your mouth got a tongue? Um, if you have a tongue, then, then this passage is speaking to you and to us. Um, if, you, if you've got a tongue and you're located in a network of human relationships, then this, this passage is speaking directly to you. There will be um, desire as we speak today to deflect and go, oh, I know someone who needs to hear this. <laughs> I know someone else who needs to hear this. Uh, but your job is not to be the Holy Spirit in someone else's life. Your job is to hear God speaking to you and to put into action the things that he says to you. So um, that's, that's what I want you to do today. Don't deflect. Don't pass it off. I think there's this guy who wrote a book called The Devil's Dictionary. It's like a kind of, a kind of satirical dictionary. And he said a Christian is a person who believes that the New Testament is a a book admirably suited to the spiritual needs of his neighbor, okay? And that's not us. We want to be Christians who say, this is for me. And so we're going to read from James chapter 3. And, uh, and so hear the word of God as I read it. It says this, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, or my, my brethren, my brothers and sisters. Not many of you should become teachers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, also able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also, though they are large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. It's a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set amongst our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and it's and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and our Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond 
yield fresh water. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you that it is living and active. We thank you, Lord, that it's, um, it's not a distant word confined to history and a situation a long time ago, that this speaks to us in 2023 just as loudly as it did to the first hearers. We ask that by your spirit, you would make it living and active in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so as I said, this is the second time James has brought up the topic of, of uh, the matter of the words that pour out of Christian mouths. <laughs> um, this is a, not a letter to the general public. It's, James isn't writing to uh, out into the ether, just anyone who will listen. He's writing to, um, to Christians. He's writing to the family of faith. And so um, he wants to address something, the kinds of language that come out of the mouths of those who profess to follow Jesus. Apparently, this is a bigger problem than we might think, okay? The, the amount of time James spends on it in this book, it's obviously a bigger problem than we might think. So I want to uh, just get the bad news out of the way. The, the bad news in this passage, and it's not a passage which is telling us to do anything, okay? At, the, at this stage, later on it does and earlier it does, but in this passage, James isn't saying, so here's what I want you to do, you know, here's the things to put into action. This is just a diagnostic passage. James is just stating the facts. And the facts he is stating is simple. The tongue is untamable. The tongue is untamable. This, the section is titled Taming the Tongue in my Bible, but I don't know why it's called that because the section goes on to say, no man can tame his tongue. It's untamable. This is kind of the bad news. It says in verse 2, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says. If you find someone who doesn't stumble in what they've said, you've discovered, you've discovered a perfect human being. They're, they're perfect. They're complete. They've, they've, they've arrived. All right? If you can find someone who does not stumble in what they speak, you've discovered a perfect human being. In verse 6, it says the tongue is a fire. It's a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set amongst our members. That means it's a part of our bodies. We have fingers and eyebrows and kneecaps, and our tongue is there as part of our bodies, but it stains everything. Our tongue stains our whole bodies. It sits on, it sits on fire the entire course of our lives, and it itself is set on fire by hell. Now, that, that needs a little bit of a comment shortly. Um, and it goes on to say that um, human beings can tame almost any animal. I remember going to SeaWorld in Australia. We're not, is it SeaWorld? when I was a teenager, and there was um, those false killer whales. They weren't proper killer whales. They were the false killer whales, which are kind of second best. But there were people who could stand on the nose of that thing and get shot out of the water. And you're like looking at this enormous sea creature, which has been tamed and can, do, can jump on command and do all sorts of things. And people can do amazing things with their dogs. And cows can be lined up in a cow shed and milked. And we can do all sorts of things with animals. Cats, they can't be tamed, I don't think. But, but most animals, people have managed to, to tame but it says no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. This is kind of a bit of a downer. And it, just to remind you again, Jesus is speaking to Christians. Oh, sorry, James is speaking to believers. He's speaking to people who walk with God, and yet he's using this very strong language saying, hey, you need to know you've got some dangerous things in your midst. You've got a tongue. You've got a, a dangerous thing. As speaking creatures, we were all born with a fire starter all born with a, like a lighter. I was going to have a lighter here. Actually, I got my Sundays mixed up. I thought today was the first Sunday of the month and all the kids would be in and I was going to have a box of things for kids to play with and I was going to have knives, razors, 
a chainsaw, you know, uh, fire starters and matches and things. It's like, hey, kids, come and play with us. And we're all going, no, you don't let kids play with that. God gave us a fire starter. We were born with a little fire starter in our mouths. Um, and, and he sets us down in the midst of a forest. Like the things we say aren't just, aren't dangerous because they just go out into nothing. The, the things we say are dangerous because they affect other people. He, give, he gives us a fire starter and then we grow up among trees, which can burn. All right. So um, I remember a few years ago, uh, there was a president in the United States that everyone was like freaking out. That guy is going to get the keys to the nuclear weapons. Like that guy is not mature enough to handle that responsibility. I won't mention his name, but kind of, he kind of was a divisive figure. Um, but the, the freak out was this guy is immature. He's got a huge ego. He's, he's reckless and wild. And yet he's going to be the most powerful man in the world with his, with his, with the, with the keys to arm the nuclear weapons of the United States. Like this is a terrible situation. Who he is not up for that task. And that's, that's the idea James is saying here. That's the idea. You, 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 you wake up, you're born, you don't realize it, you, you wake up, but you have been given the keys to un, like an amazing power, the power to burn everything down. And it's in your mouth. Um, because of the untamable nature of the tongue, the problem does not go away with age. Now, it's true that some people have learned more self-control than others. But the point here is that um, no, no one arrives at the place where their tongue is no longer a risk. No one arrives at that place where they no longer have to think about it. Verse 2 says, if someone has managed to master the uncontrollable tongue, that's it, you've met a perfect person. And they're, they're up there with unicorns and garden gnomes and you know fairies. They're, they're imaginary figures. There's no, there's no perfect person except one and they're probably not the person that you're sitting alongside. If you've met someone who can tame the uncontrollable tongue, that person is perfect and they don't exist, all right? So this isn't, this isn't something that you can think, man, I get into trouble with my tongue. I'm looking forward to the day when I get beyond this stage of my life when my tongue is now under control. That day is not coming. The, the, the tongue is untamable. It will be a spark of fire till the day you die. It will be a spark of fire. Our whole lives, our words are a spark of fire in the middle of a stand of trees. And, and to, carry, to carry the forest fire image along a little bit, um, it, it's always fire danger high season. You know those big signs with the arrow? You know, fire danger low, medium, high. Don't light any fires, it's danger. So our whole lives, we have to understand from James here, we're walking through life with this sparking thing in our mouth and that we're, we're, in, a, we're in a forest the whole time among other people where the fire danger is high. That's why James says, teachers, um, you shouldn't rush to be a teacher. You shouldn't, be a, you shouldn't rush to be a teacher or a preacher in the church. Um, it says, not many of you should become teachers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Um, I, don't think it, I don't think it's necessarily just talking about on final judgment day, when we stand before Jesus. I don't think it's just talking about that. That might be bound in there. But based on the rest of the passage, I think he's saying words cause problems. And some of you are called in the church to stand up and use your words all the time. Some of you have a responsibility of standing before um, a much larger forest than everyone else does. Your, your, your words touch a lot more people. 
and you're given the commission, there, go, go into that forest and speak. Okay? So he's saying not many of you should really want, want that responsibility. You've got this sparky thing in your mouth, and then you're put inside a, into a forest of, of people, and you're supposed to speak to them frequently and often, and um, the, the stakes are much higher for a teacher. Not many of you should want to be teachers. So um, all of us can cause fires, but when you're a teacher in the church, you can cause really big fires, all right? We've, our house is surrounded by sort of farmland, pasture land, and we frequently light bonfires. And I'm always a bit nervous about where the sparks might go. And, but generally, it's, we're pretty safe. It's pasture land. It's not really going to catch on fire. So we can have a pretty massive bonfire, light the thing up and, and go for it. And, um, and, you know, we might catch a hedge on fire. That, that's about maybe a house. Okay, one house maybe. But it's not that bad. Okay, but I've, have you, has anyone been to the Hanlon's place? Colin and Alexia Hanlon's place? You go Tipperoy Road and then you, you Tipperoy Road is like, you think it's finished, but it carries on into the, into the forest and you carry it right into the forestry and, and Colin and Alexia's place is up the back of Narawahia there in a valley and right across from the house is the, all these pine trees. And um, I would not light a bonfire at that house. Okay, I'd light a bonfire, a big bonfire at our place, no problem, because I know that the, the range of damage is going to be relatively small if it gets out of hand. At their place, uh, it would take a very, very small out-of-control moment to have a thousand acres of trees burned down, okay? And that's, that's what it's a bit like being a teacher. Shouldn't, shouldn't, want, shouldn't want to like jump into that too quickly. You're in a situation where that sparky thing in your mouth can burn down many more lives um, than, than usual. Um, just want to comment on the word hell as well. I don't quite know. I don't quite, I read a few commentaries. They're all a bit lame. I don't quite know why James grabs that image and says it's set on fire by hell. Our tongues are set on fire by hell. Um, the word there is Gehenna. It's not hell. It's the, and that is a place set on fire, uh, set on fire by the fires of Gehenna. Gehenna was a, a valley outside of Jerusalem and it became a place of curse. It became a place that was, a no-go zone it became a place that became a rubbish tip actually and they lit it on fire because in the Old Testament, two of Israel's worst kings committed abominable practices in that valley. Okay, there was sacrifices down, down in there which were abominable and terrible and it became a place when, when Josiah the king sort of sorted all that problem out, that place became, because of what had happened there, it became a place that was almost unspoken of. It was a terrible place. You don't go down there. You, t- you take rubbish there to burn and that's it. And so it was, it was Israel's rubbish tip and they'd add sulfur to the fire to keep it burning for longer and the thing would just smolder away there. It was a smoldering valley. That's the valley of Ben-Hinnom, the valley of Gehenna, all right? That's what James is saying here. Our tongues are set on fire by Gehenna. There's abominable things down there and there's this lingering stench and a fire and it's an ugly place and it's nasty and this says that's what drives our tongues, that's what, that's what drives our words. So it's really sobering. It's a really sobering comment. Uh, later on, the, we'll look at it next week. It talks about where, our, where the drivers come from, from our word, for our words and what we say to one another. And there's wisdom that comes down from above and it has certain characteristics, but there's wisdom that comes from below and it is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Demonic. And he's speaking to Christians. I don't think he's saying Christians are driven by demons. I don't think that's what he's saying. But I think he's saying we now we we let our mouths run away with us in the context of a Christian community. The things that start to emerge and bubble up in our midst 
have the stench of hell about them. They have the stench of sulfur about them. They're not godly. It's not, it's not the aroma of heaven in our midst. It's the aroma of hell. Okay? That's, that's the strength of what James is saying here. Because James spends this chapter and the next addressing this issue, and because he's already brought it up in chapter 1, the problem must be more common than we might think. So we need to pause and take inventory. How is, is the stench of hell at work in our midst? Is how, how is this at work in our midst? How, how do you take an inventory on that? Well, you don't count the number of naughty words. Okay? You don't count the number of naughty words said in our midst. Jesus is not talking about swearing. He's not talking about, oh, sorry, James. I keep saying Jesus because in my scrawly writing, um, Jesus and James look very similar. <laughs> James is not talking about swearing. He's not talking about obscenity. He's not talking about cursing. He's not talking about the list of bad words, vulgarity. Um, that's not what he's talking about. Okay. Now, when I was a teenager, I used to be like that Pharisee. I used to sort of go to school and went to Nottaway High School, learned a few words there. Um, and I used to say, you know, thank you, Lord, that I am not a sinner like my neighbors here, my, my classmates. They use terrible words and I don't use terrible words. And, and um, that's not, it's, it's not what James is talking about. He's not talking about how many bad words we use. My, my first bad word was learned at Galbraith Kindy. I can still, I can't remember what I said, but I remember my mum's reaction to it. Um, Galbraith Kindy, just over there, Conrad Johnson taught me my first naughty word. And, um, and my mum told me that's a naughty word. Um, now, it's, it's true. We, this doesn't get us off the hook. We shouldn't run around using naughty words. That's not what we're saying here. In Ephesians 5, we're told to let no, unfilthy, no, let no filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking, which are out of place, come out of our mouths. Instead, let there be thanksgiving. All right? So we're not, we're not getting off the hook here that bad words are okay, but they're not the thing to count. They're not the thing James is talking about. He's saying, have a look. Have a look in your midst. Are there quarrels? Are there quarrels? Is there strife? Is there backbiting? Is there selfish ambition? Is there envy in your midst? Is there dissension and drawing lines and parties forming? Is there infighting? Is there disorder? Count those things. That's, that's the inventory we need to take from this. Count those things, the, the quarreling and the tension in our midst. These are stoked by the flames of hell. These are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. They, that's, that's what those things are. They have the stench of sulfur about them. They have nothing of Jesus about them. So that's what we're looking for. What, where do these things come from in the next passage? Uh, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? And it's the, this, this out-of-control tongue. The reason we have to watch our words is because our words are powerful. Our words affect change. They change stuff. Um, you, will remember, you will remember harsh things that were said to you as a child. You, you won't remember heaps of things, but you will remember that time that thing was said, and it seems to have lodged. Words are massively powerful. They shape the future. Uh, and I'm talking in a weird word of faith kind of way. I'm just saying... Um, the most powerful influence you will exert on the world is not what you do with your hands, it's what you do with your tongue, the words you speak out. That is a, by far the most powerful influence you will exert on the world. Your tongue has power, and that's, that's the, the image of the horse and the image of the ship. Okay, it's a little thing, it's a little thing, but 
it's steering a massive, it steers the whole course of one's life, what you do with your tongue. Um, it is a massive, powerful effect is governed by what you do with your tongue. But I just want to put one thing in there. Uh, I'm talking as though what we say affects out there, and that's the only place it affects. And Rondo, we sat on Tuesday morning, we had a bit of a staff meeting. We read through this passage because um, we said, oh, we're preaching this Sunday on James. Read through it and Rhonda just said, oh, just got to remember that um, our words don't just have power out there. The w- our words have power inside of us as well. It's sort of a two-way thing. And then I th- saw it there in the passage. Verse 5 says, um, the tongue is set amongst our members, staining the whole body. Our tongue is there and what we say affects, affects inside of us as well. It affects our bodies. It's not just the words we say that go out there that are a problem. They affect ourselves. The words we say to ourselves matter. Um, it sets on fire the course of our lives. It stains the whole body. We say things to and about ourselves, which we would never say to someone else. We would never say, why not? Well, because it would be very harmful to say that to someone else. We would never say that to someone else because it would, it would cripple that person if I said that out loud. If I said that out loud to someone else, it would harm them irreparably. It would, it would be like a stain on their soul. But we will say those things to ourselves and we kid ourselves to think it's not having the same effect. All right? Our tongues stain our whole bodies. So as I'm talking about the use of our tongue, don't just be thinking the words we say to one another out there causing issues or, or not. Also, the things we say to ourselves, our tongues are powerful things. They shape the course of our own lives and we have to watch what we say. So James is saying, the words I speak wield a great power over my hearers and I'm one of them. Okay? So this passage has no instruction. And as I wrap up, um, like I said, it's, it's a description. It's a diagnostic thing. It's like the doctor looking down our throats and saying, yep, there's a problem there. You've got an inflamed throat. You must have some kind of infection in there. That's what this passage is doing. The, doc- the doctor is opening our mouths and saying, oh, there's a tongue in there. Okay, there's this, there's this problem in your midst. <laughs> there's a problem. But he, he doesn't really say anything at this stage about what to do about this. Okay, so I don't want to do too much either. What I want to do, though, is to set a little bit of homework. This week, yeah, it's homework time. Okay, you thought you'd finished school and there was, there was that horrible season in your past. No, that's real. You have homework this week. The, the, there's two things I want you to, um, to – it's an experiment. It's an experiment that you're going to run this week, a little quiet experiment. You don't have to tell anyone else you're running it, but you're just going to run this experiment. And you're going to do two things. Number one, you're going to practice shutting up. Okay? That sounds quite blunt and serious. Saying, can you put that softer? <laughs> no. Uh, I want to say it bluntly because um, I, I think uh, 97% of the problems with our tongues are because we speak about seven seconds too early. All right, and experiment number one for you this week is when when you're poked this week, and sometimes you will be. It'll probably happen this afternoon. It might happen on the way home from church. All right, when you are poked this week, our default response is if you hear this thing, ready, fire, aim. All right, that's our default response. Okay, ready, fire, aim, and um, and that's just that's that's that sparky tongue. It's untamable, and and your experiment this week is to push pause. Uh, He's already said it in chapter one. says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. 
We're just putting that into action. This week, an experiment. Experiment number one, I'm going to practice shutting up. I'm going to want to speak. I'm going to want to bite back. I'm going to want to respond. I'm going to want to just erupt with, with the first thing that comes to my mind. But my no, no, this week, I'm going to practice shutting up. All right, 10 seconds might be too long. It might be too much for you. So we'll start with four or five seconds, all right? I'm going to practice biting my tongue before I respond for four or five seconds. I, and, and this is just an experiment. The injection of a pause is all I'm asking you to experiment with. The injection of a pause before you respond. See what happens, all right? See what happens. Uh, Gmail, I've, I've got Gmail, and I remember them introducing a new feature that plays out on this. It was the feature of um, you've sent this email and you've got 10 seconds to not send it. Have you seen that thing that pops up? I think you could turn it on or off in the settings somewhere. Obviously, most people will send an email and it's in the first 10 seconds they realize I shouldn't have said that, but it's after you've sent it. And many people have sent emails and then wish they could kind of go and jump into the interweb and bring it, bring it back again and stop sending it. And Gmail said, this is such a problem. We're going to have a feature. We're going to send it and then give you a chance to not actually send it, all right? And that's what we're asking you to do, uh, to, to push that little 10-second gap there to see what happens. I'm convinced that, uh, like I said, a huge proportion of tensions and troubles and quarrels and infighting and backbiting happen because we, we don't shut up when we should. We don't just shut up for just a little bit and let our minds kick into gear and actually reflect on what we're about to say, okay? Experiment number one, practice shutting up. And experiment number two, but it's the, that's the experiment of not saying something. Experiment number two is to do this. I want you to say one thing each day purely for the benefit of someone else. Say one thing every day purely for the benefit of someone else. Pick them out beforehand. Think today, I'm going to pick on this person. I'm going to say something today to that person that is purely for their bless, that blesses that person, purely for their benefit. It might be a compliment. It might be a word of encouragement. You know, what, you know what encourage means? Encourage means put courage in. A word that lends courage, that puts courage in someone else. A word of expression of appreciation, something like that. But pick the person out. And if you've got three people, I'm not going to say, oh, no, 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 you've broken the rules. You're, you're allowed to encourage and bless as many people as you want. But we're just sort of we're just doing an experiment. We're gonna practice shutting up and we're gonna pick one person every day that we're gonna say something to that has nothing to do with us. It's no there's no there's no kickback for us, there's no angle, there's no manipulation involved. It's just a purely I'm gonna forget about myself and I'm gonna say something to you which is for your blessing. All right? It might feel a bit weird. It might feel a bit weird, but um this is, this is the principle that's here in the passage of priming the pump. She is back in Ephesians as well, priming the pump. If this feels weird and it feels awkward and it feels like that's so lame, I'm not going to do that because Dave said it. That's, I'm going to tell you right now, um, it's not a bad thing to put into practice what the pastor said, all right? It's, kinda, <laughs> it's not a bad thing. The pastor said this, I can't do that. It's like I'm doing what he said. Well, it's not a bad thing. All right, it's not a bad thing to put into practice what the pastor said, so let's put that on the table. And the other thing about why that might feel a bit weird is because you're not in the habit of doing it. We, we, most of our words are put out there with a view to what, you know, for, for our own benefit. They're self-seeking. 
we, we, we say things to other people all the time. We want to chip in. We want to throw in our way. We want to add our little bit. We want to tell the story that reflects good on us. We want to tell the story that reflects poorly on someone else so we look better. A, a huge proportion of the words we use each day are geared at, um, at, uh, at some kind of inner benefit. Okay? And we want to prime the pump and begin to teach our mouths not to, not to, not to look inward, but to speak outward with blessing. The whole thing here is about the power of the tongue, but it's two ways. It can cause forest fires, but it can cause good fires. Okay, not every fire is bad. And, and we want to sort of just prime the pump a little bit. I want to uh, encourage you to prime the pump of your words this week with some kind of word of blessing every day over someone else, some word of encouragement over everyone else. The, the point is not to go around not saying bad things. Okay, what does God want me to say today? He doesn't want me to say that. He doesn't want me to say, walk around and and a successful day. I said nothing. That's that's not successful. All right, successful day is pause, pause on those instant reactions, but use our tongues to to spread good fires, to be to be places of blessing and to pour blessing out on others. Like that's what that's what Jesus wants. He wants wisdom from above to descend upon us and to flow out from us. Is that okay, homework? Practice shutting up, one word of blessing every day. This is just an experiment. And maybe next Sunday, as we reflect back on this passage and carry on, we can maybe hear a bit of feedback about how that went for you. Would you please stand?